Hello and welcome again. We're so excited that you're with us together on Palm Sunday. Um, I've been thinking about my Palm Sunday reflections when I was younger and trying to see what I remembered. And, and what's interesting is I, I don't have a, a concrete memory. I just know that it was a time of celebration as a family. It was a time that we went to church and we celebrated with our community. Um, and, and in thinking about that, I realized that my most recent Palm Sunday memories have all been here at HPIC. And one of the ways we celebrate Palm Sunday is that the kids um, and, and, and some scared parents, you know, walk around our sanctuary waving palm branches. But so I've been thinking about how we won't get to see that this year and how that's a bummer that we're not physically together. But what a blessing we have to have the Holy Spirit that lives inside all of us who believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit that even though we're physically apart, we can be united together as one. And I love Palm Sunday because it reminds us of the worldwide church, that this is not just a celebration here in Harrisburg. Even as we have people from all around the world who are watching this video, uh, Palm Sunday is a chance for us to celebrate across the world, across continents, as, as Holy Week begins. We have traversed and, and journeyed from this season of Lent, a time of prayer, self-restraint, uh, reflection, to now get to Holy Week. So what is Palm Sunday? But a blessing and a joy that God is celebrated all over the world. And it's a reminder that Jesus is indeed our servant king. Let's pray together. Father and God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this celebration. We thank you for this reminder that Jesus comes as king, that the one who created all things comes to be a servant of all. Lord, as we now go through this text, we just pray that you open our eyes and our hearts, help us to learn not only why Jesus came, not only who Jesus came from, but who Jesus is, who he calls us to be, and the work that he calls us to participate with him in. We thank you for Holy Week, for the reminder of everything, for the reminder of your love, for the reminder of your mercy, for the reminder of your grace. Jesus Christ, our servant King, in your name we pray, amen. If you have your Bibles, I'll be reading Mark um, 11, 1 to 11. One of the joys of the triumphal entry is that well, first of all, it's triumphal for us, you know. Um, I don't know how triumphal it is for Jesus because we know where he ends up at least on Good Friday. Um, but, but one of the joys of the triumphal entry for me is that it occurs in all four Gospels. And I think that's important. Whenever you have a story that occurs in multiple Gospels, you get different perspectives. And so this year we'll be looking at Mark's perspective, Mark 11, verses 1 to 11. Starting at verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany and at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. Just as you enter it, you will find a cold tide there, which no one has ever written. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back shortly. They went and found a cold outside in the street, tied at the doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem, went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything. But since it was already late in the day, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. 
Um, one thing that we find is that when you look at this triumphal entry, um, you sometimes might make the wrong impression that this is Jesus's first trip to Jerusalem. It's not. Uh, John, who was, you know, one of the people who knew Jesus the most, actually accounts for three other times that Jesus went to Jerusalem. And, and, and in Matthew, Jesus actually cries over Jerusalem for what he sees is going to come. And, and what's interesting about that is that this is Jesus's final trip to Jerusalem. Jesus was a self-respecting Jew. Um, a, a, as such, he would gone to Jerusalem many times for a lot of the feasts and festivals. So, so whereas Matthew, Mark, and Luke focuses on Jesus' ministry in Galilee, we actually have John focusing on Judea, which would have housed Jerusalem. Jerusalem, as it is today, was the political and spiritual center for the Jewish people. But what we find out through especially Mark and, 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 and John's telling of Jesus' time in Judea is that Jerusalem might have been Jesus' relational capital. And what I mean by that is that this is where his friends were, Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Joseph of Arimathea, who we find out later was a close friend of Jesus, all right, um, he also would be from this area. So whereas you know Jesus might have done most of his ministry in the eyes of Matthew, Mark, and Luke and John in Galilee, it's John, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke in Galilee, John puts him in Judea. Now, Jerusalem, as we find out in this passage, is surrounded by these villages. And the two that's mentioned in our passage are Bethphage and Bethany. Bethphage, we think, means house of figs, and Bethany, we think, means house of dates. I don't know if you needed to know that, but now you know. Um, but what's interesting, though, is that Bethphage was about a mile from Jerusalem, and it was known as you know, one of the places that would house people as people came into town for the feast. Bethany was a little bit further away, and, and when people came into town for the Passover specifically, um, they would actually stay in Bethany as well. Now, all of that's important because what's happening for this triumphal entry is the Passover. What's the Passover? It's a reminder and a celebration of the Jewish people of God's liberation from their time in Egypt and slavery and God um, passing over, but also liberating them and, and taking them to the the promised land. Um, now, there's some people who estimate that during this time there could be as many as two and a half million Jews in Jerusalem. And part of the reason is because of how many lambs there were supposedly sacrificed. Um, but I think what's even cooler than how many people is where God's people are from. A lot of times we think of Jewish people or we think of God's people as, you know, one nation or one tribe or one tongue. But when you look at the, the, the studies, you see that these people were coming from Africa, from Asia, from the Middle East. And it's, it's a beautiful thing that ever since the beginning, God's people have always been multicultural. And, and, and it's to this group of people, the millions of Jews who are in town, the people who are in the surrounding villages, that Jesus chooses to announce his kingship. So he sends his disciples out to get a colt. He had a friend prepared a colt ahead of time. You know, I, I always read this as a kid, and I'm just like, who's just going to give away a free animal? But apparently Jesus is doing everything intentionally, and he had already had that relationship in Judea and Jerusalem, and he sets it all up. The, the, the donkey had never been written, and the colt had never been written, and, and, and now he chooses the colt. And what I found fascinating about this is that in that culture, when a king or a conqueror is coming back, they choose a stallion, they choose a horse, they choose something that represents their triumph over war, yet Jesus chooses a colt that had never been written to intentionally announce that, yes, I'm coming as king, but I'm coming as the prince of peace. And the priest of prince shows up. And as he shows up, the crowd receives him as king. They throw palm branches. They put cloaks on the donkey. They put cloaks on the road. They greet him with Hosanna, which is what they would say to people who are coming into town. But they greet him with a very interesting thing when they said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
the greeting isn't just, hey, welcome to the Passover. The greeting is, oh my goodness, you are the one. My goodness, you're the one who's going to save us now. But the thing about Jesus is that when he comes as king, he comes for our complete and total allegiance. Jesus receives a conqueror's welcome, even though he's coming to be slain. The Hosanna greeting is great. The Messiah greeting is great. But the conqueror is who the people wanted. A lot of people think that maybe they're, they're flashing back to a generation or two or three before to a guy named Judas Maccabeus who, who had finally beaten back the enemy and, and had taken back over Jerusalem. He had defeated a king called Antiochus and, and he had reclaimed the temple. And when he comes back into Jerusalem, guess what they say? They throw palm branches, they throw cloaks, and they said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They thought they were receiving a conqueror. But what we have here is the servant king, the courageous one, who hides but in plain sight, who doesn't hide but comes in plain sight, who rides into town to say, I am here to serve. And then there's something I missed for years, and this is what I like in Mark's version. The very last verse, this is what Mark says. I'll read it again. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. It's very easy to miss, but in the midst of all that's happening, in the midst of the people wanting to be him, this conqueror and this Messiah savior, in the midst of knowing what's going to happen, not just at the Last Supper, not just on Good Friday, but also on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, in the midst of all that's happening, Jesus goes to the temple and spends time with his father. Jesus takes time to survey the lay of the land, to see all that's happening. And then we usually criticize his disciples for, for leaving him on the cross. But what a blessing in this little verse we find out that after he spends time with God, after he looks at the survey of the land, it's with his disciples that he goes back to Bethany. And that's Palm Sunday. And Jesus enters as a king, but he leaves as a criminal. He goes through a week where he's betrayed by those who are closest to him, where he's hunted, where he's arrested, where he's beaten, where he's suffered, where he's crucified on Calvary's tree. He goes to the Last Supper, and what I love about the Last Supper isn't just that it's Jesus' last official meal, but it's that we get an inside look at what Jesus means by, not only am I a servant king, but I will give you my body, I will give you my blood, I will give it all for you. And we have the king of kings stooping down to be a servant, to wash the feet of his very disciples, taking the lowliest form in that culture, in that society, to serve. Looking in the eyes of not only Judas, but some of his closest friends who would also betray him by not being physically with him at the cross. We go through Last Supper knowing that Jesus is our servant king. We get to Good Friday and Gethsemane, which is one of my favorite scenes in all of scripture, because when I read scripture, I see Jesus as God. Normal people don't stop the earth. They don't walk on water. They don't heal the sick. They're not the Messiah. Jesus is God. But at Gethsemane, I think we see Jesus as human. 
Because even though he knows what's about to happen, even though his whole life he prepared for this, even though he left heaven for this, when it gets to Gethsemane, Jesus is broken and needs to be strengthened by the angels. And time and time again, he goes to the Father. And finally, he says, not my will, but yours be done. It's Jesus' most human moment. Because there's a lot of us who might have dreams about the future, but sometimes when the future hits you, it's a little bit harder to walk through that door. And in Jesus' human moment at Gethsemane, we see that when we're weak, God is strong. When we're weak, God is able to send people to encourage our spirits. And on Good Friday, that's only good for us, the king goes up onto the cross. And he suffers and he dies. And he shows us that the ultimate way that he serves us is giving his body, is pouring his blood so that we might be set free. And then we go through the three days in the tomb, and we get to Resurrection Sunday. And we call it Resurrection Sunday because Jesus and all the work that had been going through his lifetime had been approved by the Father. And Jesus, the one who came to liberate us, the Father approves of his sacrifice. But we'll get to that last week, next week. But I want to end with three or four things that I think I want us to hold on this Palm Sunday. The first one is, do not spend your time criticizing the people for missing why Jesus came. Because we do the same thing. And the reminder of Palm Sunday is simply this. Jesus did not come for your hopes and dreams. Jesus is not God of this universe to make you the best version of you. Jesus came to do the Father's will. And when we think about what Palm Sunday represents and Jesus coming as a servant. Sing Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the Oh uh-huh. 
Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. Sin was great, your love was greater. And what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. 
the name of Jesus. Death could not, death could not hold you. The veil torn before you. He silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. Praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Chasing death could not hold Death could not hold you Veil torn before you You silenced the boast Of sin and grave The heavens are roaring Praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Hey, thank you again for joining us this morning. We pray that the service was a blessing to you and your family. Um, we just like to close in a word of prayer, so please pray with us. Our Father, God, we thank you so much for a chance to gather together as a family, for a chance to gather as your body, as a community, to celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Lord, we thank you for Palm Sunday. We thank you for the reminder of who you came to be, the servant king, the one who conquered by giving it all, the one who conquered by giving his life. Lord Jesus, you left heaven and came to earth. You showed us how to live in love. You showed us that in all things that you were here to be our servant king. So, Lord, we thank you for this week. 
week. We pray now as we depart from this place that you prepare our hearts this week. Help us to walk through this holy week, remembering the, 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 the Last Supper, remembering you giving your body, giving your blood, remembering you washing feet, remembering you in Gethsemane, broken and needing to be strengthened, remembering you on Calvary's tree. Lord, help us this week to hold on to you, the God who gave it all, so that we can be set free. In your holy and precious name, amen. God bless you.